Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome into The Family Room. So I am Mari Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, John Gordon. Hey, John. Hello. And Craig Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Craig. Guys. I am really excited because this morning we are going to be talking about something that's near and dear to our hearts. We here in The Family Room, we often talk about how the kingdom of God begins at home. So you guys, how do you feel about how's how's that kingdom of God going in your homes these days? Hmm. (laughs) Some days it's a a kingdom of dominion, and some days it's just outright domination. (laughs) 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 And sometimes I would say that's by necessity. But but I I thought about uh, knowing that you can ask that question, Mari. I think the, the big question that I have is like, hey, we are Catholic families, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody watched the Gordons travel about, and we just came away from a week of all of our kids and grandkids together, if somebody watched the Gordons travel about, would they conclude that there's something different about that family? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a convicting question, right? Yeah, yeah, because we say at home, but at home, you know, what's born at home, and then how does it appear to the rest of the world, right? Yep. Is what we're called to do. How about you, Craig? Hey, John. Hey, John, if people saw the Gordons traveling together, they'd know there's something different about you guys. (laughs) Yeah, okay, there we go. (laughs) Uh, And we always try to make it real here in the family room. It's real. It's real. How about you, It's real different. No, I mean, look at it. You know, for years we've used the term the family is the domestic church. And I guarantee you, very few people understood what the heck that really means. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to raise our children in the faith as best we can and things like that. But I don't think we fully, I haven't, so let me, let me convict myself. I don't, think, I don't think I fully really understood my role as the head of my own domestic church. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understood the God-given role of blessing my children as they leave. I do it because I've been told to, but I didn't really understand the power of it, the ability to pray over your family when there's things going on, really living in that faith every day of the family. We've been very close. We have meals together. We do everything else together like that, you know, vacations, whatever. But really drilling down on what is the authority Christ gave us as priests and prophets of our own families. Yeah, I think it's pretty profound. And it seems to be um, a theme that's coming up even more, because as, as, as you all know, at our parish at St. Peter's, you know, we're pushing the uh, catechesis back onto families, mm-hmm. back onto parents, yeah. mm-hmm. and saying, guys, this is where it starts, not here at the church, and then you drop them off and whatever. So I think it's an interesting reversal, and I think our guest has a new, unique version of uh, how they're approaching it as well. Yeah, so I think that that is what's so exciting because so many parents recognizing, starting to recognize more and more their role as head of a domestic church, their role as priest, prophet, and king, and what that means. And I know I've given talks at parishes about, you are actually a priest, and people look at me like, what do you mean I'm a priest? No, he's the guy up there. Um, <laughs> but but then also just this, the, like you said, Craig, this new expectation that we do... Um, we do catechesis within the home, and that's where it all starts. And so, as Craig just said, we do have a great guest here today. We've got Dr. Greg Popcheck 
with us here today. We're going to introduce him to all of you. And he's got, he and his wife, Lisa, have created some amazing resources for all of us who are in this place of saying, okay, we want to be better at having domestic church. We want to be better at making sure the kingdom of God really is beginning in our homes and is going out into the world in amazing and unique and um practical, but also very powerful ways. So Dr. Greg Popchek, welcome to the family room. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. We are so glad you are here. So we know you from More to Life, but also just so everybody knows, you are also the founder and executive director of CatholicCounselors.com. And most recently, you and your wife, Lisa, have also founded CatholicHOM.com, which we'll be talking about more during the show today. Um, In addition to that, you've got about 20 popular books and programs that help to integrate both Catholic theology as well as counseling psychology, which is a wonderful uh, mix there. And you're also an expert on all of the ways that we can apply Pope John Paul the Great's theology of the body. So we are excited about that. We actually had uh, Christopher West on our show, and uh, so our listeners have had a, at least an intro session on Theology of the Body. So we are thankful and glad to have you with us today. We're going to open with prayer, and then we'll get more into hearing about you from your own, from your own voice there. So, John? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this time together, for the great people that you bring to us, for the wisdom that you share through our guests. We especially thank you for the fact that you chose to reveal yourself, to manifest yourself, to be God incarnate in a family, in a very holy family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. We ask you to bless this time together. We ask you to open our minds and our hearts to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And we ask that we might come away as families on fire as a result of this time together. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Dr. Greg, i got to tell you, you've got the distinctive voice. So for our listeners that have um, listened to Catholic Radio, they certainly recognize your voice. Unfortunately, you are um, without your lovely wife, Lisa, who you do uh, more to life with, which I don't know if you know it or not, but we air on the Quest Atlanta every weekday at 10 a.m. So thank you for the work you're doing there. really appreciate that. And you know, the beauty of what you're doing is you're constantly giving very deep advice, but it's very practical and, you know, our show is all about practicality. Um, my mentality is please make it practical, otherwise I'm going to be lost. So I appreciate that. Um, but really, we'd like to hear a lot more about you. We'd like to hear more about uh, yourself, your marriage, your family, whatever you feel <laughs> relevant to share here, other than the fact that you're probably a Steelers fan still from growing up in Pittsburgh. Um, welcome to the show. I'm glad to give us a little I thought, more I thought everybody was a Steelers fan. I mean... That's just a given, right? Everybody's um, fanatical about uh, everybody's fanatical about Pittsburgh. Now, how they display that fanaticism, it can vary from person to person. There you go. Well, no, yeah, I'm. Um, so, if, if for folks who listen to More to Life, you know that uh, my wife is Lisa, and she's definitely the, the better half of the team. So, you guys are stuck with me for the hour. But uh, uh, yeah, we've been married uh, 33 years, and we have uh, three kids, and. Uh, Gosh, just this year we we got two grandkids. Wow, so, uh, awesome. That's awesome! We still have we have still have a teenager at home as well, but yeah, so the family's growing, um, and uh, we've been uh, doing ministry work now for uh, well since 1999 um, when we founded CatholicCounselors.com as the really the very first um, Catholic telecounseling practice. So you know we were 
everybody's everybody in our uncle was kind of doing telecounseling now we were doing it before it was cool no. uh, <laughs> that's right but uh, you know and and so you know that that, that was that's been the main focus uh, of course we've been on the radio since 2001 um, and uh, EWTN picked up a, picked us up several years ago, so now we're on the entire EWTN network and on Sirius XM Channel 130. But uh, you know, our, our hearts have really always been for family ministry and for helping struggling couples and families. Um, and you know, that that work has really led us to start looking at what can we do not just to help struggling families, but to help families maybe avoid some of those struggles, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, really just to support families in their everyday lives. Um, and that's where these new initiatives that we're, that we're discussing here, the CatholicHOM.com site, and the work we're going to be doing at the Atlanta Congress, and then uh, going to Rome after that. So lots of, lots of, lots of good stuff coming up. It's a, great, it's a journey. You're going to have a journey just over the next few weeks. But if we could back Not up. Just, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I, like, <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around it, that's frankly. It's good like, luck. Uh, it, it'll be, I'm sure it will be worth it. And you guys have incredible talent. And, and, and like you said, you were doing this before it was cool, right? And you could have <laughs> taken these talents and gone any of a number of very lucrative paths. And yet your practice is very Catholic. You're very faith-focused. Talk a little bit, if you would, about your faith journey or the, maybe the faith journey you, you and, and Lisa had together that had you, headed you down this very Catholic and very faith-filled path. Yeah, so, I mean, um, I have my parents to thank uh, for, for all of that. Both my mother and my father were very um, faithful, uh, devout Catholics, and very involved in the charismatic renewal when I was growing up. Uh, in fact... Um, <clears throat> I started going to prayer meetings probably when I was five, four or five years old with my folks. And, and you know, my, my mom in particular was sad that she saw so many other parents coming without their children. Um, and so she approached the leader of the group at the time and said, hey, you know, we should do something for the kids. And he said, great, you should have something next week. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so she, um, you know, put together a children's ministry and then um, adapted the Life in the Spirit seminar for kids. And I was uh, one of the first group of kids to move through that. And I went through Life in the Spirit when I was seven. Wow. Um, wow. Before, before my first confession, actually. And, uh, and, and um, I mean, it really was a powerful experience for me, even at that age. And, uh, you know, I, I had the blessing of being able to encounter all the sacraments coming up, you know, through that lens of having really met you know, the Holy Spirit and developed a, a personal relationship with Christ, you know, before... I started you know, experiencing the sacraments, and so I mean, I, I it was a, it was, it was, you know, when I compared sort of my experience with, with my peers, I, I, I it, there was always something a little different, you know, and in, in, in just how deeply it was affecting me, you know, which made me think I was just weird and overly religious, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's borne a lot of fruit, and you know, my, my wife and I, we met at Franciscan University, and um, we got married the day after graduation, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, wow. It was uh, a little over 33 years ago now, but uh, you know, so we 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 both have really um, made the faith the center of of our lives and our family lives from the beginning. Um, it's just you know, it's it's just kind of who we are, uh, and and you know, we're we're again grateful to, to the people who who led us there. I'm, in my in my case, it's my parents. In her case, it was a godmother, um, and um, you know, and we're grateful 
for all the ways that, that God has really led us. Because, you know, one of the things that I, I like to say a lot is I have no idea what I'm doing as a husband, as a father, as a, as a, as a person. I, I don't know any, you know, I have a lot of information and degrees and all that, but there are a lot of people who have information and degrees and do lots of stupid things, you know. Um, you know, if, 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 if I'm successful at anything, it's because God's teaching me step by step how to not be a complete idiot. And, uh, and, and you know, and that's really sort of my prayer, you know. It's, Lord, I, I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be the husband my wife needs me to be, the father my kids need me to be, you know, the person you want me to be, you know, show me today, you know, just, just teach me because I have no clue. Uh, and, and that's really been kind of our prayer as a couple, as a family, you know, every day. And, and, and that's just been, been, uh, we've brought a lot of blessings out of that prayer that, because we understand that we don't know how to make any of it work without God. Mm, that's that's amazing. You fit so well here in the family room because we often say the same thing. We have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> we're here learning together, and we've got well, people like that, you. you know, that's that poverty of spirit. You know, I actually did a book called The Beatitudes: Eight oh, yeah. Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. And I look, you know, kind of look at how the uh, the the eight Beatitudes can help men be fathers after the father's own heart. And that first, you know, beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, I, you know, call it a beatitude, blessed are the dads who are poor in spirit. And that's really what it is. It's that acknowledging that I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I have no clue. And, and it's okay because, you know, God is my father and he wants, and wh- whether I had great parents or I had terrible parents, I had great models or terrible models, my model is my heavenly father and I don't know what he wants me to do unless I ask him. Yeah. And so that poverty of spirit that, that is really at the heart, I think, of Christian discipleship is what we you know, was really kind of talking about. Yeah, that's, that's great. And it gives so much hope, right? It gives so much hope for, for those of us who didn't get to do a life in the spirit at seven years old. It, <laughs> <laughs> it gives us hope. You know, so um, so Beatitudes is just one of the 20 books. So we will have links to some of your books and, and your obviously your um, websites on our show notes. So listeners, if you're listening and you're driving and you're thinking, I can't write all this down, they will be available in our show notes. Today, specifically, um, we were just joking about what you've got coming up actually just within the next week um if we could all really pray really hard for dr greg and lisa popchek over the next week or so because your plate is incredibly full over the next week or so um you have got two wonderful opportunities that you and Lisa have been invited to take part in. One is hosting the brand new family track here in Atlanta at the 25th annual Eucharistic Congress, um, which was actually originally created by one of our one of our Quest uh, ladies, uh, Carrie Allen, who's amazing here in Atlanta, um, is taking place th- this um, Friday and Saturday here, June 17th and 18th here in Atlanta. Um, and you're also, uh, so you're going to be talking in the family track. You've got several talks going on on that Saturday on June 18th and people can sign up for that. I think the easiest way. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, no, I was just going to say it's, it's, it's more than talks actually. It, it's I, I it sounds maybe pretentious to put it this way, but it's, it's actually a, an immersive experience. Yes. Like, walk, yes, walk exactly. It, it, yeah. It, uh, yeah. We want you to talk more about, about Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We want you to come describe it, and then people will be so excited to sign sign up. So go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and tell people. What can they expect? Well, all right. So the theme of it is uh, that the the Eucharist is a key to your Catholic home, but we Mm -hmm. spell that H-O-M, and it stands for Households on Mission. And the idea is that when we encounter Christ in the Eucharist, it should really change everything about us. You know, if we if we read the Bible, we see every time somebody met Jesus, everything changed for them. Uh, and we meet Christ every time we receive the Eucharist. It's not just a symbol, right? It's an actual up close and personal encounter with mm-hmm. the real presence of Jesus Christ, and and that should change everything, especially the way we live and love each other as families. Uh, and.
and so the 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 whole Catholic HOM program that we'll be doing it in Atlanta, and then the the uh, the digital platform that we've developed afterward to support families in it, it really teaches families how to bring the grace of the Eucharist home and encounter Christ more meaningfully at home, and make the faith the source of the warmth in their home. <clears throat> so, um, it, what we do at the at the at the Atlanta Family Track is we walk people through this kind of experience of what it really means for families to be holy. And it starts with a, uh, a puppet show that's actually using characters that we developed for an animated series that's part of the Catholic HOM platform. We take mm-hmm. a, uh, an anim- Lisa and I take an animated family through this, what we call the Liturgy of Domestic Church Life, which is kind of a, a model of, of family spirituality. And, you know, they, they make lots, they ask a lot of silly questions and make a lot of silly mistakes, and we kind of work through all that. But we have, we've developed puppet characters based on those animated characters. And um, the, the idea of the show is, what does it mean for a family to be holy? Um, and they, they start out by suggesting that the that it means that we have to be, pretend to be perfect all the time. Mm. Um, and through, you know, through the show, they learn that, that that's not the case. Um, so then the show actually ends with a song that will serve as a processional that will move families into Eucharistic adoration. Um, and, and then so it's a family-friendly Eucharistic adoration. And then from there, we move through the, the th- several different Catholic family fun stations where people learn three different parts of this liturgy of domestic church life that let them use all the stuff they do at home already as families, but more intentionally and as a way of encountering Christ. That is great. That is great. So, um, listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are here with us in the family room on AM 1160 The Quest, and you are listening to Dr. Greg Popcheck, and he's telling us about a wonderful opportunity um, to uh, attend the family track on Saturday here in Atlanta. If you are here, we'll have a link to how to register for Dr. Greg and Lisa's sessions there, and we'll have that link on our Show notes, but you can also just Google. Probably it's pretty easy to Google Eucharistic Congress. Actually, if you go to Catholic Family Atlanta, we, we created a, a, a okay. specific URL for that directs people to the site. So it's CatholicFamilyAtlanta.com. Perfect. Uh, that'll take you right to the page. And it is free, but we do require registration just because space is limited. Right. And there, there are four sessions. There are four 45 minute sessions. Uh, and, and the whole thing goes on within that 45 minutes. Um, so it's nice for kids with short attention spans, kids of all ages. <laughs> or adults with um, attention spans. I was going to say, he said kids of all ages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of all ages, exactly, yeah. <clears throat> I've already signed up, actually. He's talking to John and I. Yeah, he is. He is. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, a couple of things, Dr. Greg, I think were interesting. You mentioned the uh, charismatic renewal that your mother was a part of. Uh, my mother was as well, so back in the 70s Both and my 80s. my parents, actually, yeah, my mom and my dad, but yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I mean, it's even better. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people have heard the quirky things of the charismatic renewal of, you know, those are the people who speak funny languages and jump up and down and stuff. Um, but the interesting part is what I learned through that, which I think, uh, and I'm going to go into my question, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, delving off to the side a little bit. I mean, the beauty of the charismatic renewal for me was, and it's what you said, it was a true encounter with the living Christ, with the living God. And you can't do this domestic church thing. You can't do this new, uh, as you call it, the liturgy of the domestic church life, unless we've encountered Christ personally, unless we can sit back and say, you know what, I know this person, he's real, he's active, and he cares. So before I ask you the one question, can you delve into that just enough to give our listeners? Because so many people are like, I don't know God the Father, I don't know Christ. Yeah. 
And we need to get our kids a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it's all about. I mean, and honestly, the, I mean, I think, you know, we were talking about family catechesis a few minutes ago, and I think family catechesis is wonderful, and I really think it is the way it ought to be. Um, but um, there has to be something that's even more foundational, and that's this sort of family formation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, this, this, the ability for families to actually have that relationship with Jesus Christ, because family catechesis is learning about the Lord. Right, but family formation is really all about meeting the Lord and inviting Him to be the most important member of your family. You know, the family member that that, that knows you all best and loves you all the most. And you know, and and to invite to actually start thinking about Jesus there in the room with you in your home. You know, wanting to play with you and cook with you and and pray with you and and talk with you and be part of those conversations. You know, he there's a scripture in Revelations where he stands at the door and knocks. He's mm-hmm. standing at the door and knocking. At, at, at all of our homes, and you know we're so busy just being busy or learning about him that we never actually let him in. Um, and so CatholicHOM.com and the Catholic Home Program at Atlanta is is really all about you know, letting Christ into our homes. You know we 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 experience him at, at church and the we receive him in the Eucharist, but then we kind of leave him in the church parking lot sometimes. You know so how do we really bring him home? Sure and connect our family relationships up to all that grace that we've been given so that it can change uh, our homes and our hearts for him. But yeah, it all starts with that relationship. Without the relationship, it's just it's just all dry wood. Yeah, that's, that's a great explanation. And you've actually come up with a new model for family spirituality, and I think you call it the liturgy of the domestic church life. Yeah. What in the world is that? Yeah, all really, about? a lot of big words there. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, don't, don't, don't be intimidated. That's kind of why we go with Catholic Home as the, the family-friendly <laughs> face of the liturgy of domestic church life. But so let's, let's just take that apart, okay? So um, liturgy, you know, what is a liturgy? Well, we we use that word a lot, but we don't really define what it is. Um, you know, um, a liturgy is a is a, way, a special way to worship God that was actually given to us by God. Uh, for the intention of healing the damage that sin does to our relationship with him and others, right? So the liturgy of the Eucharist, you know, wasn't made, you know, somebody didn't invent that one day. Jesus actually instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper, and he gave it to us as a way of healing the damage that sin has done to our relationship with God and to make communion with others possible. Okay, so that's what makes it a liturgy as opposed to just, you know, a prayer service or something. God gave it to us. Well, in the beginning of time, God created families. And he built into families certain things, certain habits that help families be healthy and holy. And if you look at social science research, you can see that, that you know, healthy, happy families throughout all of times, hist- all of history and, and through across all cultures do certain things. Um, and, and we call those things collectively the liturgy of domestic church life. And when we commit, when we connect those things to Eucharistic grace, to the grace of the sacraments, those things aren't just ways to be a healthy family, they actually are a path to family holiness, too. Uh, and so when families, you know, this isn't a program that we're presenting, it's, it's, we, we think it's a real liturgy, and, and, when, and, and it comes naturally to families. So the degree that families sort of do these things implicitly, you know, they just kind of know how to do them, um, they are living this liturgy of domestic church life already. But the framework that Lisa and I and our team at, at the Peyton Institute for Domestic Church Life have articulated um, gives families a, a kind of a way to consciously participate in this in these practices so that they can do a lot of the things that they already do as families but do them more intentionally and do them as a way of connecting with Christ all day long and really experiencing him walking right there with them talking with them all day we, you know we talk to people on the radio all the time where, where you know somebody will 
say something about, you know, raising their kids in the faith. And we'll say, well, tell us a little bit about what you do, you know, to celebrate your faith at home. It's like, well, we go to church as a family every Sunday. So, well, that's awesome. But what do you do to celebrate your faith at home? Well, the kids go to Catholic school. Well, that's fantastic. But what do you do to celebrate your faith at home? Well, uh, our sons in youth group, that's fantastic. But what do you do? And the reality is we, as Catholic families, we don't know what to do, because most of what we think of as Catholic spirituality is actually drawn from the monastic and clerical traditions in the Church, and those are beautiful tools, and we can use them, but they don't often fit neatly into Mm -hmm. busy family life. Mm -hmm. And so we end up feeling as sort of like families are second-class citizens in the Kingdom of God or something, you know. Um, But the Second Vatican Council called for a universal call to holiness. He said that everybody, not just priests and religious and martyrs and missionaries, can be holy, families, moms and dads and kids, and everybody else can be holy, too. But it's sort of stopped there, and we really haven't developed a whole lot of family-friendly spiritual tools to help families be everything they were created to be. And so this, this Liturgy of Domestic Church Life and the Catholic HOM program is really our attempt to try to respond to that question and say, here's how families can do it. So we have like two minutes left, awesome. Dr. Greg. If you could, it would be a great segue to get us through the break into our next segment. You've come up with uh, three rights Maybe you can just quickly lay out those three rights for us, and then we'll take a deep dive into them uh, uh, one by one when we come back. So how's that sound? Yeah, and again, don't, don't get intimidated by the words. You know, right? So a right is just a part of a liturgy. Right. Right? So, so the first right, and all these three rights are based on the three missions that we get in baptism, right? So the first right is the right of Christian relationship. There are lots of different ways to have a relationship, but Christians have a very specific idea of what a relationship should look like. And the, so the right of Christian relationship is about living out the priestly mission of baptism in our homes by filling everything we do with Christ's sacrificial love so that we can love each other in ways that make each other remember that how special in love we are by God, too. The second right is the right of family rituals, and that's tied to the prophetic mission of baptism. Now you might think, well, prophet, that's weird. Like, aren't they just, aren't they fortune tellers? Don't they tell the true future and stuff? No, a prophet is somebody who, through their words and actions, helps people lead godly lives. So when families create strong rituals for working and playing and talking and praying together every day, what they're doing is they're actually modeling how Christians relate to all the stuff that people do work and have fun and, and relate to each other and, and pray. And, and then there's the right of reaching out, which is based on the royal mission of baptism. And that's, you know, when we, when we, reign, when we serve with Christ, we reign with Christ, right? So the, the, the right of reaching out is about how families can use the gifts that God has given them to bless and serve each other and the world together instead of letting parish and community service be one more thing that pulls them apart. That is awesome. And I love, yeah, I love how you tied that to our baptismal call to be priest, prophet, and king. That makes so much sense for us. And then the Eucharist, of course, is the the food, the superfood, right, that we need to to consume in order to fulfill that mission. You know, if you're going on a big mission, you gotta, you gotta load up, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, the, the Eucharist, the body of Christ becomes the food that we consume in order to fulfill this mission that we live out in our families through the liturgy of domestic church life. Doing stuff you already do, just doing it a little more intentionally and as a way of connecting with God all day long. That is wonderful. So listeners, we ask you to come right back with us in the next few minutes here in the family room where we're talking with Dr. Greg Popcheck. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. 
as a 100% listener-supported station. The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160, The Quest. If you've been listening, you're with Dr. Craig Popcheck, and we're talking about the rights, the liturgy of the domestic church, about some very um, lofty-sounding words, but very bad. Everybody fell asleep way. while you were introducing it. Liturgy of the <laughs> but breaking it down very practically for all of us, and, and since you're going to be a Weisenheimer, we're going to ask you a family question then. Uh-oh. Um, you know, we call our show The Family Room, which, um, as you know, in a family room, people, like, laugh, they kid around, they fight, they uh, have popcorn together. Do you have a family room memory, whether it's you growing up or whether it's you and your, your, your lovely wife and your three kids? Anything you want to share with us? Yeah, you know, I mean, so I mean, there there are a lot of things that I like to talk about. I guess I guess the, there are two things coming to mind. One from my my family, you know, with with I mean, the family that created with Lisa. Um, you know, we 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 work really hard to try to 
do something to play together every day. You know, to have mm-hmm. to either that's a, even if that's ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, you know, a couple of hands of Uno, or to try. You know, there are a lot of other. We've, we've discovered over the years a lot of silly games that you you can play a couple of rounds of in, in you know ten or fifteen or twenty minutes, and and just make, making that time after dinner to to play together. Um, every day, you know, most almost every day, really. Um, it was just such a great way to just kind of decompress from the stress of the day, to reconnect sure. before we went out and did stuff in the evenings, and it just became something that we all really looked forward to. You know, that, that even on those days where I was really exhausted or Lisa was really exhausted, you know, we kind of dived down a little bit deeper to kind of make ourselves play the game, and we were always so glad we did. Um, you know, it didn't have to be a 12-hour commitment to, you know, playing Risk or Monopoly or something. It was just you know, something, just even a couple of hands or something. <laughs> just to laugh together and do that was really powerful. And um, I guess the thing from when I was a kid, my family and I, and this is kind of fun because we're, we're doing, you know, as we mentioned, a puppet show at, at the Atlanta Family Track. My family and I were involved in puppet ministry when I was a kid uh, for a lot of years. And so I just remember, I remember, I mean, we did a lot of fun things, but one of the things that kind of stands out to me right now is just being in the in the in, in our family room, kind of writing out the scripts and recording things and <laughs> practicing the puppets and all. It was, it was, it was great. So <laughs> one of one of our ways of sort of how I learned implicitly the the right of reaching out in, in my home growing up. Those are great stories. Very cool. Uh, so, Dr. Greg, right before the break, we spoke, you know, of the formality of you know th- uh, of three rights in the family, and you said, "Hey, don't get put off by the technical terms." And then you shared for us what those were, and 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 your your point was precise right it's christian relationship family rituals reaching out nothing super theological necessarily about any of that but take us a little deeper into each one because i think you have some things that are very practical and that's what our listeners love just the practical things yeah, to take well, away so there, there are four practices underneath each of these three parts okay. of this liturgy of domestic church life three rights um we probably won't have time to get into all four of, of each of them but you know we will kind of explore we explore that more at the atlanta congress if folks would like to go to catholicfamilyatlanta.com and register for that event, or if they want to download the free app at catholichom.com, they can learn more about all this there too. But yeah, so you know, you know, when when you when you when you think about you know, kind of living your faith at home, or you know, what some people might call liturgical living, you know, and you go on sites, you know, that talk about that kind of stuff. A lot of times it involves you know, kind of having to do a lot of craft projects, you know, having to say certain prayers, or having to do, and that's you know, if you're into that, that's awesome, that's that's terrific, you know. Um, but that's not what this is about at all. You know, that's extra stuff we have to do. And the first thing that families, when we talk about this stuff, like, oh, my gosh, we're so busy. You're going to give us a list of 12 more yep, things we yep, have to do. Yeah. Now, these are things you, you already do these things, right? It's just a matter of doing them more intentionally and, and with, with the idea of using these things to connect with God's love. So, for instance, um, in the right of Christian relationship, you know, we, you know one of the things that, that Christians believe about relationships is you need to have time to have a relationship, right? You can't just, you know, you can't just phone it in, right? You can't just like wave at each other as you run out the door. That you, you know, Jesus told Martha that Mary was choosing the better part by sitting and being with him, right? So the first practice under the right of Christian relationship is scheduling family time first. You know, we, we have this tendency to think that family life is what fits in in between all the other really important stuff we have to do, like running the games and doing the extracurricular stuff and all the church commitments and all that other stuff. And then, you know, we get five minutes a day in the car with each other, and that's family time. But that's not how we can disciple our kids into anything, right? Uh, we, we, we essentially give away all of our power if that's how we build our family life. So the first really practice is scheduling family time first. We, we need to kind of identify how much time does it really take for us to get along well? You know, funny thing happened when the pandemic first hit and the lockdowns happened. 
a, a good chunk of our family therapy clients suddenly got better because they actually had to be together mm. and relate to each other. They stopped being so busy and started being families, and it was a real blessing. Um, not great for the practice, but really good for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, really. I mean, it was, and so it was one of the things that really hit us is just how important it is to kind of do that. The number one most important thing is start asking yourself, how can you put family time first? You know, and you start small. It's not like you would go, you know, you, you, you get off, you stop listening to the show, and you tell your kids, okay, kids, I'm pulling you out all the activities, and we're just going to sit around and stare at each other all the time. Family time. We're scheduling it first. Ah, you know. I, you know, it starts in little ways, right? Um, it's just all about starting out in those little ways where you say, you know, what's one small thing we could do to maybe spend a little more time with each other this week? And you just keep that as a question. You keep praying about it together as a family and looking for ways. Um, you know, the, 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 and there are other things. Another simple example is affection. I mean, I'm hoping you already hug your kids, right? But you probably don't see that as a spiritual exercise. But it is because, you know, the catechism tells us that, that parents are, represent the face of God to their kids, right? And, and so, you know, and, and God is a very affectionate God, right? I mean, he, he is, he, 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 Christ emptied himself and became man so that we could experience him through our senses. And even when he ascended to the Father, he gave us the sacraments so we could continue to experience his love through, the, through our senses. And God's arms are always open to his children. And so by being intentional about being really affectionate and affirming in our homes and in healthy and appropriate ways, of course, um, you know, we're, we're giving our children that sense that, that, that they are loved, not just by us, but by God, too. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the, 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 the family that hugs together prays together, right? <laughs> the family that, 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 that prioritizes time together prays together. Um, you know, so these little practices are actually spiritual exercises in a path to holiness. Um, the right of family rituals, you know, um, let's talk about that a little bit. That's, e- that's easy to remember. Everybody loves this one because it's so, so easy to remember. It's work, play, talk, pray. Work, play, talk, pray. You know, just something to do every day that enables you to work, play, talk, and pray together. Now, that sounds like, oh, my gosh, how do I fit all that in? Well, chances are you probably already wash your dishes together. Uh, well, wash your dishes, you know, some way, right, as a family. Well, don't, how about doing it together as a family, right? You know, that's your work, now that's your work ritual. Or you got to fold laundry, do it together. Now you got a work ritual. You know, it's, the point is that, that, that in, in Christian service, in the Christian attitude to work, it's not about getting the job done. Mm. It's about using the job as a way of connecting with mm. the people around you and showing up for each other. Yeah. It's, it's about building relationship through those jobs, right? It's not just, oh, you know, I mean, how many times do we say, yeah, we'll get some time to play together. I just have to get all this stuff done first. Yeah. And that's like 97% of our life, yeah. right? But, but what if you actually used some of those things every day to actually connect as a family? I mean, you could still divide up other chores and do your own thing. That's fine. But, but if you made a point of like just doing one thing together to work together as a family, how much, how would you feel supported? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, uh, the playing together, I gave the example example, you know, about Lisa and I making a point of even playing a 10-minute game after dinner, you know, a couple of hands of Uno, it wouldn't even just be to win, it would just be to have fun with it, you know, just that little connection that, that, made, that says it's important for us to connect and laugh together, those kinds of things, a, a, a talk ritual, that's where you just bring up stuff that doesn't normally come up, you know, you normally talk about how was school, fine, what you do with <laughs> nothing, okay, and then you move on, right? Uh, <laughs> What do you need from the store? I don't know. Um, and, and, but, but a talk, you know, a talk ritual is chances are you have dinner at some point and, and, and maybe even have it together. Mm-hmm. Well, how about making a talk ritual, asking the question, you know, how'd God show up for you today? I mean, at first everybody's going to stare at you like you're crazy and not know how to answer it. But yeah, you think about it, you ask it for a while, you start, you know, be giving some examples from your own life. Yeah. You know? And well, you know, I kind of saw God here in this moment and I was really struggling with this and I prayed and he helped me out there. And that's an opportunity for you to witness your kids and, and let them begin to see how God's moving in their lives, you know. 
Um, even the question, well, what's one small thing we could do to take better care of each other the rest of the day? You know, it's been a rough day for all of us. We're all really feeling, feeling a little tired and fried. What's one small thing we could each do to, to try to make to be a better team the rest of the night? I mean, you know, that's a simple thing to do, but you know, it doesn't occur to us to do it. But create the ritual, and all of a sudden it, make, it makes everybody more intentional about their relationships. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Um, the right of reaching out. Well, that kind of service starts at home. Now, I already talked about work rituals, but, you know, in, in, the, in the right of reaching out, um, you know, you have to kind of start. We, we, we so often focus on doing stuff for other people who give us special credit, mm-hmm. but we ignore the people at home, mm. right? And so, so, the, so real Christian service begins with that attitude of genuine service to the people who are closest to us. And then, and then from that, it, and so then we stop thinking of service as a project and start thinking of service as something that we do, mm-hmm. you know, kind of all day long. And, and, the, and the good way to kind of practice that is, is something that Lisa and I do every day and we do with our kids, too, is to say, you know, what's one small thing that each of us could do to try to make each other's day a little easier or more pleasant? I mean, that's a simple question. But if you start your day with that and then, and then you actually follow through with it, you know, you got, what, three, five, ten people you know, doing little things to make each other's day a little easier and more pleasant. And that's really nice to see as a parent. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you know these are just the kinds of examples. Or, or you know, if you talk about a lot of a lot of parents we talk to will say, "Gosh, I wish I had time to do more for the church, more service to the church, more volunteer." And then we volunteer at the church for all these different things, and we end up leaving our families. And then our kids hate us and hate the church because they're church orphans. You know, which I'm not saying I'm not saying that service in the parish or community is bad. I'm saying that we can do it in more family friendly ways, right? And in, in a lot of things we can even do without ever leaving our domestic church, right? So, for instance. Um, Cooking an extra, cooking extra meals for some people who are in need, or um, you know, shoveling the neighbor's walkway, or even together as a family, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, you know, budgeting for charitable giving, and going through the house with as a family and picking up, you know, gently used toys and clothes that we can take together to the urban mission for you know char- for charitable donations. You know, those are things that we could do even while we're at home to think about others. Um, the, the, the third practice in the right of reaching out is um, called being godly families in the world. And that's practicing the ministry of kindness where, you know, you go out into the world, maybe you go to dinner, right? It doesn't matter whether it's McDonald's or a nice place, whatever. You, you, you know, you greet, the per- you greet the server by name. You know, you, you, you say thank you and you say please and you smile at them and treat them like a human being. I can't tell you the number of times, especially since the pandemic, that... that we, my wife and I have had servers like start to cry mm. because we said thank you, and because we smiled at them. They like, and they'll say, you know, you can't, I can't tell you how mean people are to me, mm. and it's just been so nice to, to 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 serve you. Thank you so much for being kind. You know, I mean, it's just these little things that make such a huge difference in people's lives, and 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 they're all a path to holiness. They're all things that your family can do, and we discount all of it. We just, oh, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything because I didn't convert a whole nation to God. <laughs> I didn't build a hospital. I didn't. You know. No, no. Building the kingdom of God is about healing the damage that sin does to our relationships one on one, and that's the most important. So that's why the church builds hospitals and, and and all the other things the church does because it serves those that that larger need for uh, facilitating relationship, but. It's got to start with us as domestic churches doing that on a one-on-one basis. Mm. I love all of those incredibly practical suggestions. Yeah. So if you were just tuning in, you were here with us in the family room with Dr. Greg Popchak. Dr. Greg, as I listen to you, so many of the things that I hear you saying, you're helping us become the people we need to be at home so that it becomes second nature. It becomes second nature that we're kind. It becomes second nature that we're generous. It becomes second nature that we connect. And if we do all of that at home and that is really built into who we are, into our hearts and our souls as Catholics, 
at home, then we can't help but start to do that when we walk out into the world is what I'm part of what I'm hearing. In, in yeah, the and we can't help but, but, but help our kids see the difference that the faith is making in our everyday lives. Yeah. And that's what it takes. You know, all the research on faith transmission, what it takes to pass the faith onto the next generation, it comes down to kids actually seeing the faith making a difference in their home. Mm-hmm. If, if, if we talk a lot about Jesus and we do all the, all the right things, all the churchy things, but when they go to their, fam- their friends' families, mm-hmm. their non-church friends' families, and those families get along better and actually like each yeah. other, yeah. We've lost them. That's a, that's a great point. You know, it's interesting. One of the things I know, I, I've read some of your work in this, and one of the things that struck me was thinking about what is your family's charism um, so that you can think about how might you, as a family, serve the world, you know, because our charisms, those are the spiritual gifts that, that do give us that opportunity to share God's love and bring hope and healing to the world. And I remember thinking um, that in our family, my husband loves to, uh, he loves physical labor. He just enjoys physical labor so much. And so we ended up as a family, we did it for quite a number of years. We served in Nicaragua digging ditches. My husband was happiest in a ditch with a few tarantulas, (laughs) you know, digging ditches for water lines. And the whole family went along with. Now for the rest of us, that might not have been the, the, you know, thing we loved the most, but we loved, you know, talking to the different people or we loved playing with the children or, you know, God was just so honoring and gave us other ways to serve in that. But part of it was I really was mindful about being very sensitive to what my husband's kind of charism and his style of service was. Yeah. Well, and the thing, you know, there are two things I want to say, but the first one is when when families serve together, as opposed to just serving, not only are we blessing others with the acts of service that we do, we're blessing people with the witness mm. of, of our love for each other and the desire for the whole family to show up to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that, that's beautiful to watch, you know, your domestic church you know, digging ditches. You know, it's beautiful <laughs> to watch your domestic churches, church serving at mass, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's on the altar or, you know, reading the readings or singing in the choir, you know, and you, you ask the schedule to put us all with us at the 11 o'clock mass. And you know what, this mass is sponsored by the Pop Check family, but so what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and as opposed to, oh gosh, he's got a service at the nine and she's got to read at the 10 and the, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you know that's not the way it's supposed to be you know um and and, and so the, the thing about charism you know that's another big word that, that scares people off you know but but really um if you're doing this liturgy of domestic church life stuff that we're talking about here you're doing these three parts of this liturgy and you're really praying together it just becomes obvious what your family's not just good at, but it but gets joy out of. Mm. Like you know, the charism mm-hmm. is kind of that thing. It's 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 not just a talent. It, it you're, you are good at it. It is a talent. But when you do it, it energizes you. Right. And especially when you're doing it for the kingdom, you're doing it for others. It, it just feels like wow, I'm I'm excited to make this positive difference doing this thing. And as you're doing these three parts of this liturgy, you just start. You do different kinds of service. You try out different things. You're playing together. You're working, you know, and and you know, little sparks go off. They hey, we really connect around this. This is really awesome. I like. Let's do more of that. And then that, and then that becomes your family charism because you start figuring out how to do that to bless other people. Yeah. Um, and it just emerges naturally. So you get a family mission and a family charism out of it. Like every religious community, whether you're like the Dominicans and the Felicians and the you know Franciscans and the whatever, and you know they they all have a mission and a charism. But we all think that's oh that's just them because they're holy mm, right there. That's right. special. But but every domestic church is a religious community too. Yeah. Right. And and your domestic church has God put put you guys together for more reasons than just that he has a warped sense of humor. He actually puts you together, <laughs> you know, because he's given you certain gifts and, and wants you to be his particular blessing to the world. So, you know, the more you live out this liturgy of domestic church life, doing these little things, 
it becomes clear to you, oh, this is why God put us together. This yeah. is the difference we can make. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Definitely. So there's a side question I have because um, you can see us because of the Zoom call, and we're a little bit older than maybe some of the people you're doing puppet shows with. How does that translate for the grandparents and the older Olders of us that yeah. our kids are in college or going to college or, you know, newly married. How, how do we help foster that liturgy of the domestic church? As we're well, that's great. Yeah, you know what? Actually, it's funny. All the research on um, passing the faith on to, to the next generation shows that the grandparents have a powerful, powerful role to play in that. Um, and the thing about this liturgy of domestic church life, and I, I want to say this real quick as a, t- as a tie into your question, like this is not just for perfect families, right? right. This isn't just if you think, you know, if mm-hmm. you have that ideal, you know, leave it to beaver kind of family, you know, if anybody gets that reference anymore, um, you know, it, you, know <laughs> you, you, you have that, that kind of perfect whatever. It's, it, this, this, this is a model that works for every type of family. We've presented this model now to family ministers in over 30 different countries on five continents. Mm-hmm. And every, everywhere we go, or well, we've done it all online because of the pandemic, of course. But but everywhere we, we present, we hear from people who say, you know, oh, the families that I work with can do this. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter whether they're divorced families or step families or grandparenting families or, or you know, foster families or whatever family, you know, single parent families, you can all do this, right? And and kind of come back around to your question, you know, with, with grandparents and other, you know, if our if our grandkids come to our homes, you know, and they see us, you know, emphasizing relationship. You know, and, and getting that one-on-one time with them. You know, not just parking them in front of the TV, but doing something with mm-hmm. them, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we invite them to work and play and talk and pray with us, right? And if we invite them to, to you know, do little things to either serve here or in the community with us, or, you know, that's, that's a powerful way. You know, it's, it's grounding. There, I mean, the anxiety and depression rates for, for kids and adolescents are, are through the roof. It's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the reasons for that is that we don't have any roots. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're moving so much, we're so busy all the time that we just don't have any roots. And, and grandparents can help root their grandkids by, when you go over to, their, to grandma's house, grandpa's house, and things are supposed to be different. They just expect that it's going to be weird there. So, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, so be weird in a way that helps them be holy, too. Uh, you know, good weird. You live out the parts of this liturgy of domestic church life in, in, in a way that works for your family with, with them. And, and it, it, it makes a big difference. And, so, and, you know, and if, if your kids are doing that, too, then that's just a you know a double barrel kind of uh, shot that the, of in the arm of faith. That's great. Good. So there's hope that I can make up for all the mistakes I've made all these years. Thank you for that. I appreciate. <laughs> so Craig, what... we all make mistakes. Yeah, that, I, I want to hit that again. You know, none of us know what we're doing. We all make mistakes, including me. And you know that's okay because being a bad parent isn't a parent that makes mistakes. It's it's, it's the parent who, who who refuses to learn from them, right? Yeah. And who refuses to bring them to God and say, okay, teach me to do better next time. And and whatever age our kids are, as long as we're asking that question, you know, Lord, help me be the parent that can bring out the best in my kid now whether they're two or they're 20 or they're you know 42 or 82 but it doesn't matter how old our kids are as long as we're praying that prayer god god can show us how to bring them back so i heard for our show notes that this works for the cleavers or the simpsons (laughs) did i get that right that's right (laughs) that's right i like that that's That's perfect who's eddie haskell that's what i'm working on there we go not going there okay we've only got a few minutes left but actually we we were talking about how we need to pray for you because you've got so much coming up Right, that you're here in Atlanta, uh, yeah. but then you're heading to Rome next week. Yeah, Rome, Georgia. No, I'm just <laughs> Rome, Rome, Italy. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you... no. So we we finished presenting the uh, the family track at the Atlanta Congress, uh, and then we'll fly directly fr- from Atlanta to uh, Rome. We got an invitation 
at the end of April from the uh, Vatican Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life to present this model that we're talking about as the opening keynote for the Rome World Meeting of Families. Wow. This conversation that we're having is basically setting the tone for that, that whole week. Uh, it's a gathering of about, unlike past uh, World Meetings of Families because of the pandemic and they were concerned about travel and all that, they, they've limited it to um, 2,500 representatives from bishops' conferences around the world. Mm. Um, so pretty, still a pretty substantial gathering, and, and we'll be you know, really presenting this model of, of family spirituality and family ministry uh, to to all the bishops' conferences of the world, essentially, uh, at the Vatican the week after Atlanta. So, yeah, please do pray for us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we did not see that coming. <laughs> so if you're in Rome, Georgia, versus Rome, Italy, is there a way to tie into that? They will be live-streaming some of the events, and, and, and afterward, actually, they're going to really record it and then post it to YouTube. So okay. even, even in Rome, Georgia, you can... All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Oh, well, you've offered so much hope and encouragement to all of us, whether we're parents or like Craig was just saying, for those who are grandparents, you know, what we can do. Are there other things that you would like to share that would encourage our listeners to really bring Christ into their families, into their homes in, in meaningful ways? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, all the things that I was just kind of sharing, um, you know, I kind of provide the high-level overview. But um, I'd love it if folks would take advantage of a brand new resource we created, this CatholicHOM.com. It, it is both uh, a website and uh, an app that you can find in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store as well. It's Catholic HOM. It stands for Households on Mission. And, and everything we've been talking about here, we have resources, uh, games, exercises, activities, quizzes, uh, lots of stuff on the, on the free side. And then we have a premium side of the app, which provides ongoing support through live stream events, coaching opportunities, um, exclusive podcast content, uh, monthly downloadable activities for families. Uh, we've got access to a, a whole uh, six-box subscription kit series on how to live out this liturgy of domestic church life at home with mm. lots of different games and activities and crafts that families can do. So, I mean, we just created, over the last two years, we've just been creating tons and tons and tons of resources to support this model so that, you know, even if you don't get the theology, even if you can't pronounce theology, you can still do uh, the liturgy of domestic church life by, by just downloading the app, Catholic HOM and going CatholicUHM.com. Well, there you go. We've got it covered. We've got plenty of practical things to cover us with. Now, as we close it out, would you be kind enough to close us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we bring our families to you, and we ask you to help us learn to love and cherish each other as you love and cherish us, to connect with each other around working and playing and praying and talking together so that we can learn to lead godly lives together. And we ask you to help us learn to serve with all the gifts that you've given us so that we can be your blessing to the world. Take our normal, crazy, busy, messy family lives and transform them into dynamic domestic churches, outposts of grace in a hurting world that can bring your love and your grace to everyone we meet. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Holy Family, pray for us. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Greg Popchek. We loved having you with us today. It was great. I loved it. Thank you so much. Yes, and John and Craig, always a pleasure to be with you. It's wonderful. Listeners, please. They were okay, too. (laughs) They were. (laughs) Listeners, join us again here next week in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to am1160thequest.com.